Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station, a place to sit back and relax while you're waiting for your train to board. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. This is a special series, a field guide for Christian leaders. We're reaching back over 1,500 years to bring you a leadership classic from St. Gregory the Great, a week-by-week look at timeless wisdom from the past. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Book 1, Chapter 5. If called, you must serve. Well, our last episode was something, wasn't it? It's enough to make you want to give up leadership altogether. And I've heard people say that. Leadership was just too demanding. And they gave it up. So here's an aha moment. St. Gregory won't let us get away with that. I guess part of the reason that St. Gregory and I have become such good friends is that he seems to know me. He sure knows human nature. He knows our tendencies. We'd all like to give up leadership and go back to a simple life, away from all the troubles it brings. But apparently, that's out of the question. And that brings us to Section 2. And now, the Lexeme of the Day. Virtue. The word is virtue. We hear the word virtue tossed around pretty loosely, and our tendency is to see it as just, well, nice. Well, that's wrong. Virtue is a much more robust term than nice. Virtues are character traits that mark a person who is living in a way that honors God. It's not about being generally pleasant, but about being obedient. Now, we'll talk more about this later, but when you turn a virtue control knob up to high, it crosses over into being a vice. You'll see in episodes to come that virtues pair off against their corresponding vices and tend to do battle against one another. Hmm. So you want to avoid being a leader out of fear that it could make you too proud? Hmm. Well, let's move on to section three and see what Gregory has to say. The Field Guide for Christian Leaders Some are able to be a virtuous example of power and authority and be a benefit to others, but they abandon the opportunity for the sake of their own comfort. There are some whose lives are marked by their virtues and are gifted in training and discipling others. They live a pure life. They're not given to vice or excess, and they have feasted on good doctrine. They're humble and patient, and they are brave in their convictions, and they balance tender grace with firm justice. When they are called to step out into a role of authority, they refuse it, not realizing that their gifts are not theirs alone, but are given to them for the welfare of others. They forfeit the very thing that they want to keep to themselves. This is why Jesus says to his disciples, A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Does anyone light a candle and hide it under a bushel? No. They put it on a lampstand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. Later, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Do you love me? And when Peter responded that he did, Jesus told him, If you love me, feed my sheep. So if the care and feeding of the flock is proof of our love to Jesus Christ, whoever has the virtues and gifts to lead ought to do so. If he refuses to tend the flock of God, is he also guilty of not loving the chief shepherd? 
Paul makes the same point when he says, if Christ died for all, then all died. And if he died for all, then those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Moses says that a surviving brother should take his widowed sister-in-law to carry on his brother's name and lineage, and that if he refuses to do so, the wife of the brother who has died without children will spit in his face, and her kinsman will loosen the sandals from one of his feet. His home shall be known as the house of the one who had his shoe loosed. This may seem strange to us today, but think of the deceased brother as Jesus, who, after the glory of the resurrection, said, Go tell my brethren. In a manner of speaking, he died without children. But there were more to follow who would be known as his children. Moses explained that in this situation, the wife was assigned to him. This fits with the idea that the care of the church should be assigned to him who is best able to rule it well. If the man is unwilling to take that responsibility, the woman spits in his face. Whoever refuses to benefit others out of the gifts he has received, the church treats even his virtues as dishonorable. She spits in his face, so to speak, and one shoe is taken away, a direct contradiction of the promise that our feet are shod in preparation of the gospel of peace, as it says in Ephesians 6.15. If we love our neighbor, we love ourselves. then each foot is properly protected by a shoe. If we love ourselves to the neglect of our neighbor, we are disgraced by losing the shoe from one of our feet. There are some who have great gifts, but they study only for the sake of contemplation and the love of learning. They refuse to preach what they know to benefit their neighbor. They love their quiet getaways and solitary retreats. If we understand this correctly, they are guilty in direct proportion to the gifts they refuse to share with others or to make useful to the public. What kind of a man prefers his own privacy and quiet to the complete exclusion of blessing and benefiting others? Have we forgotten that the only begotten of the Father left his glory behind, came forth to us all, that he might bless so many? Now, section 4. And now, it's time to stand before the Mirror of Truth. Well, there it is, Book 1, Chapter 5. Great. Not only is leadership treacherous, but if you're called to it, there is no escape. So all in one fell swoop, St. Gregory showed me my fault in dodging the responsibility that God had prepared me for, and called into question my love for others and even my love for Jesus. Uh, time to look in the mirror again. Where is your heart in this question? If you love preparing, what are you preparing for? Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. As the train boards and rolls on to its next destination, we hope you found your time here helpful. The paraphrase of St. Gregory's work, along with supporting content, was developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson. As always, our sound engineer is Brick Martin. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. And the closing music is from Javier Cugat, Brazil. 
Great Ridge Station is a service of Great Ridge Group, LLC. Stay with us on this. We're eagerly awaiting your next visit to Great Ridge Station.